Live from the 1311 Studios, this is the All 7 Days Podcast, the Purell Edition. We have, we have broken protocol here, Trevor. Here, little for Purell. Yeah. Here you go. Cody, here's the for you. Rub your hands. I'm uh, a time zone away. Huh? Oh, that's <laughs> uh, your, your social distancing is doing just fine. Uh, but the Purell is good. Rub your mic down. Slobber off the mic. Sorry about the little scrubbing sounds. It's, uh, it's a little annoying. But uh, here, here at the 1311 Studios, we are practicing uh, half social distancing, no mask, but we do have Purell on the mics. And uh, we're open for business again. Yes, we're back. That's awesome. It's much better to be, uh, be in the same room together. Mm-hmm. Uh, businesses are starting to open up in the area. And uh, we are uh, we are getting haircuts really soon. Yes. So uh, this is this monstrosity is coming off. Yeah, I'm I'm scheduled for for a haircut, but I got the email from my barber like, oh hey, we're opening up next Monday, which is May the 18th, and with I clicked on it within an hour of them sending it. And I had to schedule it for May twenty eighth. <laughs> <laughs> they booked up quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So I got a, I got a, uh, I got a text from my uh, stylist, and it was three weeks out. So, um, anyway, that's all we're gonna say about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, you may have heard a third voice on the line, and maybe. Recognize Cody Fields is with us again today to help us answer our sort of question. And uh, welcome, Cody. Good to have you back. Well, thanks. So, uh, how is uh, how is South Carolina today? Uh, we are basically at the point of just not giving a crap anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I might have. I don't. I don't know. I don't remember if I mentioned it the last time I was on, but uh, wifey and I. You know, we made a target run a week and a half ago and, you know, kind of comparing when all this COVID stuff first hit and, you know, at first everybody's, you know, being careful, like everybody looked at you sideways and, you know, God forbid you cough, <laughs> you know, they they throw you on the cart before the guy collecting the dead goes to the Robinsons because they've lost nine today. Yes. And, um, and even though you feel happy <laughs> go for a walk. <laughs> and uh so when we went on this target run and no one cared anymore about anything like people brushing up against you and it's just like all right let's go <laughs> i was at lowe's uh last weekend for a couple of trips because you know you can't just make one trip to lowe's you have to make two and right at least uh, and if it's if it's plumbing related you have to make four that's true. That's very true. So, and then of course they've got the wait here stickers on the floor that are like six feet apart mm-hmm. and it, yeah, nobody cared anymore. Unless they're, bes- unless they're beside each other. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad the virus can't travel left or right. Only travel <laughs> forward and backward. I had the same thing. I hadn't even grabbed my bag off the counter and there was a guy right next to me putting his stuff yeah, up. It's crazy. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He's in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think everybody <laughs> across the country is over it. We're ready to get back to life as normal and good for us. Right. Um, we should yep. be at this point. Um, so anyway, so Trevor. Yes, sir. Happy birthday. Thank you. It's Trevor's birthday today. Yay. Hey, happy Trevor, birthday. Older, deeper in debt as the song goes. <laughs> <laughs> Way to really brighten my day up, Stan. <laughs> this isn't the Dave Ramsey episode, though. <laughs> That's true. No, this is the Purell episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do anything special for your birthday today? I worked out this morning and then went and had lunch with Jameson. Yeah, cool. So, it was good. Yeah. Birthday cake? Uh, I had some cake yesterday. A friend of mine made me a cake. How about that? Yeah. Was it good? Was yeah. it good? Yeah, I have a whole cake at the house now. <laughs> Just what I wanted for, <laughs> for my birthday. Did the candle scorch the ceiling? No, no. no. It was a it was a thirty eight, like a number three and eight. Yeah. And Jameson said, "What if we switch it around?" And I said, <laughs> "If you switch it around, I'm dropping you off at the orphanage." <laughs> well, well, the 
Well, they do say that 38 is a special caliber. So, yes. Uh, I apologize for that. Uh, <laughs> sorry. No. Uh, all right, we should we should uh, take our break and get into the question because otherwise we're going to get into trouble. Yes. All right, let's do it. We'll be right back. <laughs> this is the All Seven Days podcast. Hey, pastors and church administrators, listen to this. All Seven Days is proud to be partnered with Faith Teams. Faith Teams is a web-based church management software with all the features your church needs and price so that any church can afford it. It's packed with features including attendance tracking, kids check-in, volunteer scheduling, automated guest follow-up, contributions, online giving and text to give, built-in email and text messaging tools, and a whole lot more. Best of all, it's all in one single system at a price that makes sense. They have a free 14-day trial so you can try the entire system before you pay a dime. Keep it in pages $40 a month. That's right. $40 a month for every available feature. Go to all7days.com slash faith teams to learn more and use the links provided for your free 14-day trial. When you sign up, tell them all seven days sent you. Faith Teams, the easy and affordable church management software. Welcome back to the All Seven Days Podcast. I'm Sam. That's Trevor. And on the line with us is Cody. And we're here to answer your questions. We're just guys having spiritual conversations about whatever question you might have. And today's question comes in from kind of a, a, a menage of, is that a word? Menage? No, that's the last name, Nikki. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> it's the beginning of a phrase. <laughs> Can't take you anywhere, including your own podcast. <laughs> well, like we were talking about earlier, all of my listeners do not need dictionaries to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Your friend Nikki, <laughs> except my friend Nikki. Uh, <laughs> so we got a oh bless a it conglomeration of input for this particular topic we're going to talk about today. So a friend of mine sent me uh, an article and said, "Hey, you might want to talk about this on your podcast." And it was a story; it's actually a couple years old about a company that was inserting microchips into their employees. So, and he said, you know, what do you think about this? And, um, and you kind of get a feeling of where this is coming from, right? You know, um, possibly mark of the beast kind of stuff. Is this end times kind of stuff coming about? And then of course, with all the COVID stuff going around, there's, there's this kind of sentiment around among some evangelical circles that might be thinking, Hey, this might be a sign of the times. So, uh, so I've had a couple of folks come to me and say, Hey, why don't you talk about this on the podcast? And, um, so that's what we're going to do. And we brought Cody on because he is a veritable expert on the book of everything. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you have the beard to uh, look, look smarter than you are. So, um, uh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wor I'm working on catching up with, uh, the fullness thereof of your beard. Well, it is, it is impressive. <laughs> and, and I didn't say Trevor, but because I don't share half your DNA. So <laughs> Tre Trevor's got us both beat. That's true. That is very true. Uh, but, uh, so anyway, this, this topic has been kind of batted around a little bit lately and I uh, thought we would, uh, give it a, uh, give it a bat ourselves. Um, uh, my own personal opinion, uh, you know, no, I don't, I don't think this is a sign of anything other than um, uh, God's sovereignty and, and him uh, being in control and trying to teach us something through it. Uh, he's going to work this for our good. And uh, you wrote a, a really good blog on this uh, not too long ago about, about God created this and he's, he's using it for his good and his glory. And uh, as far as the chip being inserted, uh, this may be a really short episode. Um, I'm not going to get one, because, <laughs> because and, but for practical reasons, right? If if it's inserted into me, that means if I leave the company, somebody's got to take it out. And <laughs> if I leave on bad terms, how are they going to do that? Right. You're, like, well, you're stuck with that. <laughs> I know. And then, yeah, it, I mean, there there's a couple of different ways to look at that where you know, obviously if you're working for this company, then it ends up being voluntary, right? Like no one's forcing you to work there. Right. Um, 
Uh, and at the same time, there's the whole early adopter kind of thing where this first iteration obviously is, you know, there's going to be some clunkers involved. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just like the original high def televisions where now you're going to pay like what, two, $300 for one when that exact same model would have gone for $5,000 10 years ago. Yeah. So there's stuff, it would have there's stuff. Plasma, it would have burned out. Right. Right. And, and at the same time, like we're, we're not, we're also not strangers to implanting technology in our bodies. You know, like you paid a whole lot of money for me to have braces <laughs> and, yeah. and we have things, we have things like pacemakers and, and yeah. stuff like that. So it's, you know, ultimately kind of where people get hung up is, information if information being able to be accessed who has access to that um is this going to be uh something that would be required for buying and selling like like we see in revelation 13 and i guess we can get to that in a second so those end up being the the real question the real questions right yeah and, and i don't think anybody's uh wrong for being concerned or having you know raising what raising questions around these issues uh, it's just a matter of how do mm -hmm. we, how do we as Christians really interpret these and uh, and look at Scripture and and what can we what can we learn from it and what can we discern from it? So that's why you're here, Cody. Just yeah. you can take yeah. it here and just it's your sermon. <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> dangerous. That is dangerous. Well, I mean, I think I think since we're talking about stuff like the mark of the beast, probably reading that section of Revelation 13 might be helpful. Yes. Uh, just so we can get a little bit of context. So, do you want me to do it, or do you want you to do it? You got it pulled up. I can tell by your eyes. So. Uh... Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, so the first half of Revelation 13 talks about a beast coming out of the sea and it's clearly some kind of military power and we'll get into interpretation kind of stuff in a, in a minute. Um, but then starting verse 11, uh, then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the beast, the image of the beast to be slain. Also, it causes all both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave to be marked on the right hand or the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark that is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. So, self-explanatory passage, right? Absolutely. And by the way, <laughs> this is episode number 66. Hey! <laughs> we might want to cut this short. <laughs> so... So talk first of all so, language we use there. I know there's uh there's some apocalyptic this is a lot of apocalyptic type writing. Yeah. And right, uh, I think right. there are some references possibly back to some old testament things. So um explain that. Yeah, well so when we say apocalyptic literature or anything like these things are symbolic you see uh, a lot of references particularly here to uh i think it's daniel 9 you see some stuff from ezekiel coming through um and there's as, as far as i understand it there's a couple of main ways to understand this passage and i'll start with the one that i disagree with <laughs> um but i also i also uh had this conversation with my mother-in-law who holds this con holds this position. And I verified, like I can fairly represent you with this. And she, she agreed with how I represented it. And so 
you know, so we're clear. <laughs> so it's, I'm not trying to twist anything. And she holds uh, to what is called the dispensational premillennial view of the end times, which is for all intents and purposes, it's what's the most popular thing out there right now uh, with the rapture and things getting really terrible and the seven year tribulation and stuff like that. And uh, so in that conversation, I said, you know, so where is the rapture uh, in, in your understanding of, Revel of revelation? And she said, between uh, chapter three and chapter four. So this comes in at revelation chapter 13. So her understanding of it was Christians don't have to worry about this. <laughs> you know, if, if you are on the earth uh, when the rapture happens, then this, this doesn't affect you in any way in the least. So according to that framework, um, we have nothing to worry about in terms of the mark of the beast. So, so there's at least that. So I've also heard that there is a, and, and I don't know where this comes from, but there's also a thought that after this rapture, there are still people on the earth who are left behind who will get saved. Right, 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 right. So where does that come from? Uh, that, I mean, so you have, um, in this framework, you have a, uh, basically a revival among the Jewish people and still people who are left behind being saved and uh, stuff like that. So then there still would be Christians on the earth. It's just they get saved after all the other Christians are yanked out. Um, it, get, it gets kind of complicated. <laughs> I, won't, I won't pretend that it is. Um, you know, it can, it can feel like algebra, <laughs> I think. And I honestly think, um, or even worse than algebra, more like calculus sometimes. And I think, uh, I think this may be why so many Christians today kind of shy away from revelation as a whole and, and eschatology in general, eschatology being, uh, in end of things, uh, doctrine. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I get, I guess I should go into uh, kind of what I think about this, this passage since I already said what I disagree with. Right. Right. But you said again, the first, the first view is that, uh, between revelation three and four, Jesus comes back, takes Christians home and then all this other stuff happens. Right. So, but your view is different. Right. So just as a parting shot to that view, that view didn't even exist in Christianity until the 1830s. So do with that what you will. Uh, that, you know, that doesn't mean that it's wrong on its face just because it wasn't There's popularized. 1800 years of church history preceded that where that was right. never thought. Right. So my view of Revelation um, and and then most of the apocalyptic literature like uh, uh, Matthew 23 and 24, uh, Luke 21 and Mark 13 is uh, more of what one would call preterism, uh, which is that the bulk of this has already happened, that they were prophecies pointing to future events from their perspective, but since then they've already happened. Now, what we can't say is that all of Revelation has happened. Uh, that would be heresy <laughs> to say that the resurrection's already happened, that Jesus already came back and he's not coming back again. Uh, that would be, that would actually end up leaving the, uh, the core of the Christian faith. Right. Um, so what, what I believe uh, in regards to this is you start at revelation one, it starts with the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him, John to show uh, to his servant to his servants the things that must soon take place. So this is going to happen soon from the from the perspective of of John. Uh, and then verse seven: Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Uh, so coming with the clouds or coming on the clouds. That's, it's very common judgment language, uh, in the old Testament that happens at least a dozen times in the old Testament, uh, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel of Yahweh, the Lord, when you see all caps, the Lord in 
in the Old Testament, that's Yahweh. That's God's covenant name, right? right. Uh, I am. Um, so when you see coming with the clouds, that means God is coming to mess some people up, <laughs> right? Um, and and so when you see all the tribes of the earth, uh, well, it's not talking cosmos. Uh, I don't re- recall the uh, the the exact Greek term, but uh, it can also be translated as the land. So all the tribes of the land, uh, therefore with external and internal evidences from Revelation, I believe most of the book of Revelation is in regard to uh, the tribulation and ultimately judgment of God that was exercised in the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70. So this is basically uh, kind of mirroring uh, God's covenant lawsuits that he brought against Israel in the Old Testament. And this is kind of the final one, closing out that age, destroying the temple, literally destroying the, the, entire, uh, the entire foundation of the Old Covenant, and right. kind of finalizing, no, it's about Jesus. How would you parallel that view with what Jesus said in Matthew 24 when he's talking about the end of time? Right. So I would actually two questions, right? They asked him two questions because he had just said, look at these buildings. There won't be, there's coming a time when one stone will be left on another. And they asked him, when will this happen? And when will you return? Right. So that's actually not the question that they, that they say, that they ask. They say, tell us when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Yes. Uh, So, so age there, again, not cosmos, not the end of time, not the end of the world, but the end of the age. And, and so Jesus gets into see that no one leads you astray. Uh, and you, you, we read through Matthew 24, and there's a whole lot of yous, you know, right. and they drag you before courts and, yes. and all that kind of stuff. Um, so really, you see a whole lot of judgment language again. Um, and you also get... Uh, let me do a search right here. Yeah. yeah. So in verse 15 and 16, he says, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Uh, let the one who's on the housetop not go down uh, to take what's in his house. Don't turn back and get your cloak. Um, you know, one taken and another left. Uh, a lot of people will say that's pointing to the rapture. Uh, but what what's really happening there is he's talking about Rome surrounding Jerusalem. And he's saying, when you see that, don't go back to your house, like get out of town. And we have records of Christians in, you know, that 66 to 70 AD timeframe. They actually did get out of Dodge. (laughs) They took Jesus seriously and they were spared from that. And the one taken and another left. Well, one taken, the one taken is the one that got killed. (laughs) So, um, so what you see in Revelation, you see a lot of really graphic stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have that, and, you know, parents, this might be a little graphic for your kids. Uh, so pause it if, if you're worried about sensitive ears, but even to the point of, um, you know, rampant sexual sin going on, like there's basically Romans one came to life in Jerusalem around this time. Uh, and you end up with such starvation and you see a lot of this in, in revelation, right? Uh, and Josephus, the, uh, the Jewish historian who recorded things for Rome, right. Actually talks about a woman who had boiled and eaten her own baby and people were threatening her, for not giving them some of her kids so that they could eat the kid. Yeah. Like junk got messed up. (laughs) Um, So, so the other thing to keep in mind uh, with, with the book of revelation or Matthew 24, Luke 21, et cetera, is who was this written to? Mm -hmm. Um, So we have, no problem with the book of Romans, for instance. Oh, that was written to the Roman Christians. Yes. Or uh, in Philippians, we know that it was written to the church at Philippi, and then we know certain things about Philippi. 
and how there were a lot of former military guys and it was kind of a cultural center, stuff like that. Um, so we can see, you know, when, when certain things are emphasized, oh, well, that's, that's going to kind of strike a nerve with those, with those people, whether it's, you know, good or bad, telling them that they need to change their minds. So we have to understand that the, the book of Revelation was written to first century Christians for, for their encouragement, for their uh, assurance, and, you know, in some of the cases in chapters two and three, like, hey, y'all need to fix some stuff, <laughs> right? Um, so then... You're talking specifically about the letters that were written to... To the seven churches, right. So I'm kind of, I kind of have to ask, you know, what good would it be to, you know, tell these churches, hey, fix these things. Hey, you're doing awesome, whatever. Let me encourage you. And by the way, in over 2000 years, stuff is going to suck really bad. <laughs> it, it seems kind of disjointed, right? right? So so what, what I advocate is this is leading up to, you know, the fall of Jerusalem, God's covenant lawsuit against the covenant breakers. Um, and so what you see with Revelation 13 and the mark of the beast is it's, it's not 666, it's 666, right? And, and the way that Hebrew and for that matter, Roman numbers worked is that they used letters. They didn't use numerals like we have now, like anybody familiar with the Super Bowl logos. Yeah. Um, Padre, you know that I was obsessed with Super Bowl numbers for a while. Uh, when you see, uh, what is it, LV55 this year? Um, I think that's right. So then when you see like XXI, that's 21. Same thing. They had the same kind of system in ancient Hebrew. Um, so what John is saying is, look, you can add this up. And this guy's numerical value in his name adds up to 666. It just so happens that Kaiser Neron or Caesar Nero adds up perfectly to 666. They also referred to him as a beast and he persecuted the church for 42 months before he was forced to kill himself. Mm -hmm. um, and on top of that, you see uh, the image, worshiping the image of the beast and all that kind of stuff one of the big persecutions of the church during that time uh, was that you would have to uh, uh, throw a pinch of incense into a fire on an altar and say Kaiser Kurios, uh, which means Caesar is Lord in order to get a certificate so that you could buy and sell. Where the Roman empire knew that the Christians couldn't say that they would have to say Yesu Kurios or Jesus is Lord. So, and all of that just lines up perfectly within history of, you know, you have Nero adding up to 616 and not being able to buy or sell without proclaiming the Roman Caesar as Lord of the universe and all that kind of stuff. And that butting heads with Jesus. And obviously Jesus tr uh, killed the beast. You could say, you know, Christianity definitely outlived the Roman empire <laughs> by a lot. <laughs> so knowing this history, I think it's very helpful in understanding. I mean, we need to know our history around every book that's written, right? And yeah. where did we where did we get disconnected from the history that you just spoke of and the understanding of of the Book of Revelation? Where did that was it was it eighteen hundred years later that this new view came into play and yeah, we just well, the, history and so so to interpret it I, without it. So to clarify the, the discipline, I, I, I purport, you know, so to allow for some debate, um, I purport that that dispensational view with the rapture and all of that kind of stuff came about in the 1800s. Um, now, even guys like Martin Luther, John Calvin, the guys who wrote the Westminster Confession, most of those guys uh, would have fit a, a futurist you know, so the revelation is still in our future, even to the point where um, uh, Martin Luther and the Westminster Confession called the Pope the Antichrist, the man of lawlessness, uh, which he's, technically that's using the term Antichrist correctly because Antichrist is only found in First and Second John, referring to false teachers. 
So if we're going to talk about beasts, that's a political figure, uh, right? Yeah. Cool. So um, one other really big thing uh, with this passage is it talks about the mark being on the right hand or on the forehead, um, which screams uh, Deuteronomy 6 uh, with, with what it's called the Shema. When you, when you hear, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, and, he, uh, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Um, and you also see commandments to bind the law of God on your hand and on your forehead. Mm-hmm. And so if you ever see uh, an ultra-Orthodox Jew, right. um, a lot of times they, take, they, they misinterpret that. And they, they actually have like a little headband with a box on their forehead <laughs> with the Torah. Yeah. Um, but, but what God is commanding is like everything that you do and everything that you think belongs to me. Mm-hmm. And all that glory goes to God. And so what the beast in Revelation 13 is saying, like, no, all that glory is going to me. Yeah. So it's, you, you could call it like an anti-Shema, an anti-Deuteronomy 6. Yeah. So... Yes. What I'm not saying is that we shouldn't worry ever. We shouldn't be concerned about governmental overreach or anything like that. You know, we can still see types of beasts, you know, terrible leaders from the past, like Joseph Stalin or Mao or Hitler. And you go on. Some people would, you know, but, you know, at the same time, like people have tried to even say that Ronald Wilson Reagan, since there's six letters and each of his names was six, six and therefore even I actually forgot to bring this up uh, but the early, some of the early manuscripts that we have uh, this gets into a little bit of textual transmission type stuff how we go by <laughs> but the way that we the Bible is uh, we didn't have zero machines back then so you couldn't just down <laughs> make 20 copies and okay, uh, someone have to also write it down and when we get Latin translation of the original Greek, they were so convinced that it, they actually changed it to 616. But in Latin, Caesar Nero adds up to 616 of 666. Oh, man. I didn't know that. I yeah, that. yeah. I just learned that fairly naturally, and I definitely heard that. <laughs> so, so where are we now? I guess, uh, as, as what should we be concerned about as far as, you know, is, there, is there anything left? And this is my position. There's nothing left for anything to come to pass to Jesus for Jesus parting the sky and coming back and, and doing the whole, take his people home kind of thing. Right. I can tell. Um, Well, well, what I would, the one thing I would caution against is, is Jesus taking his people home because in, uh, you have in revelation in revelation 21, Jesus comes to earth that's true. And, and the dwelling place of God is the dwelling place, you know, God is now dwelling with man on earth. Yes. And all things are made new, right? So maybe I got caught up in my own, you know, past language, but, uh, sure, sure. But, but yeah, the, the, the coming of Christ and the, and the, re, the full redemption, we get our new bodies and mine will look yep. like rivers and, his, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh so and then we and then we live with christ forever in uh in perfect peace and harmony with him and uh and and then but but there's nothing i guess my point is there's nothing left for us to worry about as far as is there anything else that has to happen before he comes back and i don't think there is i think that's i think you know we should be constantly living our lives like the wise virgins with their lamps trimmed and ready to burn and ready to go because he could come in any time like the thief in the night. So I would say, um, technically there is nothing holding Jesus back from coming right now. Yes. Um, but if we take revelation for the first, uh, 19 or 20 chapters as already having happened, um, you know, then, you know, what's, and there's, there's still a lot of unanswered questions that we didn't get to, like what, what is the thousand year reign and stuff like that. So I'll kind of boil it down to uh, my position is that we are in the thousand years right now where Jesus is ruling and reigning from the right hand of the father. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and 
as as history goes on, the gospel keeps growing the church. And I'm and I'm not talking about some kind of, you know, we take over the government and the government makes everybody to be Christians. Right. Like yeah. nothing like that. Like I, I would be opposed to that in the first place on principle. Right. But as as the gospel goes into the world and keep in mind we're we're over a I think a billion and a half people claim to be Christians now uh, compared to starting with 40 scared dudes in an upper room yeah. 2000 years ago. We've made pretty good progress. Pretty good, yeah. So even experientially, I don't think you can make the case that things are only going to get worse from the, from the point of when John wrote revelation because they haven't. Right. And you, and you can actually credit Christians for things like hospitals and universities. Uh, and the scientific method for that matter. <laughs> like those are all Christian inventions. And even you can thank uh, a Presbyterian for your iPhone because Alexander Graham Bell was a Presbyterian. So, <laughs> so and, and it just, and it just keeps going like that. So I, I believe uh, as first Corinthians 15 says, he must reign until all of his enemies have been made a footstool for his feet. The last enemy being death. So, Things aren't going to be perfect, but I do see the growth, the slow growth of the gospel. You see a lot of two steps forward, one step back kind of thing, which mm-hmm. I think is is one of the things that is happening right now mm-hmm. uh, with whether you want to talk about COVID or Roe v. Wade or uh, Obergefell or whatever, uh, is you see two steps forward, one step back, even uh, five steps forward and three steps back <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, but, but what we, what we see throughout history and particularly in the, in the Protestant tradition, like when the pilgrims came over, they were of this mindset is they were building the kingdom of God, which would eventually move through all the earth. And it's, and it's not, it wasn't like, like I said, it wasn't like a, an enforced government thing. And it wasn't like with some groups that we see where they think that they're going to lay hands on hospitals and everybody gets healed. And all of a sudden there's this, you know, signs and wonders revival. It's ordinary preaching of the gospel that God uses to save people. Yeah. And then when people get saved, they act like they're saved. (laughs) And when that just keeps going and going and going, and I don't, I don't recall the exact reference, but, um, uh, in the Old Testament, it says the knowledge of the Lord will fill the earth like water covers the sea. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed, but the sea is covered with water. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what I would say is that even though it looks kind of crappy right now, you know, people having to stay home, even though we're staying home less, right. even though uh, we see a lot of depravity in in the world. <laughs> As, as you motion to Trevor, yes, you're staying home less. Oh, man, you touched him. Oh. Murderer. <laughs> um, so even, even though we see all kinds of depravity right now, uh, Pride Month coming up in yeah. just a couple of weeks and stuff like that, um, at the same time, we see more Christians than ever before, and we have more tools than ever before to get the gospel out uh, like this will be accessible in Japan. <laughs> yep, it will. It'll be, ex- it'll be accessible in Indonesia and Malaysia and India and Pakistan. And you know, all of those places that aren't known for having a whole lot of Christians yeah. and they can access it, hear what we're saying about Jesus being Lord and be like, Oh crap, I guess I do need to repent. <laughs> yeah, hopefully so. All right. And, and to, to kind of piggyback on that, what you just said is one other thing that might be holding Jesus from coming back is that at the end of, or somewhere in Matthew 24, he talks about, and when the gospel is preached in all nations, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing this, sure. then, then the end will come. Once, once every nation has been preached to, uh, can you look that one up? I see your eyes going. Yeah. This is, this, is a, this is a big deal for uh, Papa John, Johnny, John Piper. Um, right. And th- this is actually something where, um, where I disagree with, uh, with old Johnny pipes. <gasps> um, so I, th- I, this is still, uh, part of, 
the end of the age. Uh, this is verses 9 uh, through 14. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. He's talking to his disciples. Yes. And you'll be hated by all nations for my namesake, and then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray because lawlessness will be increased. The love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the gospel of this kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Um, I think uh, you could see a parallel with the whole world uh, actually with Luke one. If I remember correctly, I think that's actually the same word of when uh, the, of when Caesar declared that the entire world would have to submit to a census right? Which is why Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem where Jesus right. is born. Yep. Uh, but we also know that the Roman empire didn't have the entire world. So the Caesar couldn't make people in China or Mongolia <laughs> take the census. Yep. So, um, so what is probably a more accurate understanding of that is that um, this would be the gospel would spread throughout the world of the Roman empire. And you even see in the book of Romans that Paul is, I think it's Romans where Paul is trying to get to Spain where that would be considered the far reaches of the Roman world. And, and you actually do see the gospel spread throughout their world. And then Jesus came in and wrecked shop. (laughs) So, and, and, you know, once, once you kind of have this framework, it, everything kind of starts falling into place a little easier, I think, yeah. uh, and especially in terms of God's sovereignty and God's word not returning void, because if the world's only going to get worse, then we're fighting losing battle. But we know that God's word doesn't return void. So what is it? <laughs> it's true. So I think it's, so, a, yeah. I think it's a, it's a great, uh, these are great conversations to have. I think, I think yeah. people are just, you know, they, they hear the word revelation and they just say, I, I can't understand that. And right. And it's really not true. It, it is a, it is an understandable book, but you do need to know some history. You do need to know some things around it. Just like any book of the Bible that we're talking about, we need to know the context it was written in, who it was written to. Yep. And, uh, and, and I appreciate that about you, Cody, and that you have really done the homework and dug digging on your own and you have a mind like a steel trap. <laughs> mine, is, mine is more like uh, a lobster trap. So the, when, you, when you dump it in the water, it gets a lot of stuff in it. But when you pull it out, there's only one thing in it that's edible, but yours captures everything. <laughs> so all my that's not always stuff. a good thing though. But, that is not always a good thing. <laughs> um, I would, I would love to hear, um, some thoughts from you, Trevor, like hearing, I'm sure this is probably the first time that you've heard this perspective because it's just not very popular, right. uh, particularly in the American South. Right. Right. Um, so what, what's kind of your reaction when you hear, uh, no, not everything's going to get terrible. It's, it's actually going to get better. And here's my kind of my thinking around that. Like what, what's your reaction to that? Well, I like what you said. Um, a lot of people, they, they took this pandemic and they, oh, it's the worst thing ever. Not thinking yeah. a couple of years ago, we had SARS or the swine flu and that was the worst thing ever. Yeah. And I like what you said is things are getting better. And I think people get so caught up on the negativity that they think this is the worst thing. But you said mm. well, Christianity is growing. And this is, uh, we've, we've talked briefly about this when we come back from this, it's going to do one of two things. People are going to start going to church or they're going to leave the church. And I think um, how awful this is. People are, they need to uh, believe in something. And this is a good way. I think God's using this to, you know, strengthen, strengthen people's faith for those that are believers and then bring people that aren't believers into, into faith with him. Um, And the other side is true too. There will be a culling of those who were just on the fringes anyway Mm -hmm. and weren't real believers that maybe have been coming for decades, but just haven't, haven't had a a rebirth, a regenerate encounter with God. And they're just going to say, okay, I'm, I'm all right. right. I'm I'm just going to not. Right. And and I've, I've even had, you know, being, being involved in music 
and particularly heavier forms of music means that uh, you encounter some interesting people <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. And I've, and I've had conversations with a couple of them being like, like they, like they're just scared. Yeah. So what, what do I do? Well, here you go. <laughs> Here's your answer. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I, I, they, nobody's told me so far, like, Oh yeah, I totally repented and I trust Jesus now, but you know, our job is to sow the seed. That's right. God's job is to produce the results. It's, that's exactly right. You're not looking for anyone to tell you that they've repented and that they've trusted in Jesus. You're looking for fruit of that. Right. A lot of people have said it and it has not borne fruit. So, you know, yep. true. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Good point. As far as the book of revelations, it's, um, we did one other episode when we dove into it and it, I had a lot of questions. So, um, <laughs> but growing up, I never really heard much preaching on it. No, it's, you it's, know, it's such a, it's, it's one of those where people don't touch it or they're right. too excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no it, real middle like ground. Our pastors didn't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> or as a kid, you love to sing the revelation 21, eight song liars, go liars to go to hell. Yeah. Burn, 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 <laughs> burn, burn, burn. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And uh, miss that week, I think <laughs> the children's choir sang that. Oh yeah, they sang it all the time. No, they did not. But you know, it was one of those, <laughs> one of those middle school. You know, catch somebody in a lie. Revelation, Revelation, twenty-one eight, twenty-one eight. Liars go to hell. Liars go to hell. Burn, 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 burn. And you just loved it because right. you know. Got to say, uh, but of course, you know. <laughs> if you ask somebody how many lies they've ever told, yeah. uh, then, then uh, <laughs> we, all, we all are facing judgment one of these days. So mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Any last so I guess, I guess I should, yeah, I, I would just throw out um, some resources for this. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, yeah. So AmericanVision.org is run by a guy named Gary DeMar who writes uh, pretty extensively on this kind of stuff. And he'll, he'll take, uh, well, he's debated plenty of guys always cordially. Um, uh, He's, he's also done a lot of interacting with, with what we did today of, is this the mark of the beast? And is this a sign of whatever? And and he'll interact with that. Uh, There's another guy named uh, Kenneth Gentry who actually lives in Greenville um he's a retired pastor who has written uh a, a lot on this subject uh but i'm currently reading the book before jerusalem fell uh which is about dating the book of revelation um which is one of the big reasons that you know i'm kind of advocating the early date and uh this book that i have here uh by doug wilson called when the man comes around uh, it's a commentary on revelation i don't agree with every single thing he says there but it's it's really good and that that one, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it's the only biblical commentary in the world with a Johnny Cash reference for the title. And I'm also pretty sure I'm also pretty sure it's the only biblical commentary in the history of the church to mention jalapenos. Oh, well. <laughs> maybe he meant to say hallelujah. <laughs> well, he was talking about. Uh, uh, the Ark of the Covenant and and the uh, imagery of Revelation in there, and he was talking about you know when you actually read the text, like this thing would have looked awesome, uh, but what you see so often in like precious moments dolls is it basically looks like little jalapenos on a box with wings. <laughs> <laughs> so if for no other reason, it's at least a fun read, you know. But uh, but I think he has a lot of good to say in it. And uh, so Wilson, DeMar, Gentry. Awesome. Well, Cody, thanks for uh, joining us today and giving us a, a, a really good historical perspective on that, on that crazy book. And, and uh, I would just say, if somebody wants to put a chip in you, just, just say no. Pull much, an, much like Nancy Reagan. I just was going to say, say no. pull on Nancy Reagan. <laughs> just say no. I mean, it's, you know, and it, it may be practical for when you work at a place like that, but if you leave there, you know, might get weird. I, I don't want, I don't want a mad guy who's upset that I'm leaving 
or upset at me because I've been fired trying to get that thing out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why I always tip well when I get tattooed. <laughs> I don't want that guy mad at me. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> that's also why I go to a Christian tattoo artist. <laughs> he has more grace. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, uh, thanks again, Cody and uh, Trevor's good to see you again. Good to see you too. in the house. It's awesome. And uh, thank you to our listeners for listening today. Send your questions in at ask at all seven days.com eight, six, four, six, six, zero, nine, four, seven, three. Let us know about the podcast and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it. This Even is if it's group. not honest. That's right. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Lie to us. Just sing the revelation. Song we'll leave the- <laughs> <laughs> okay. So maybe we should rethink that. <laughs> Give us an honest rating. Give us an honest review. Of five stars. Of five stars. That's right. Remember, this is the All 7 Days Podcast, where the goal is to get you to think so highly of God that you forget about yourself. Now, go give someone what you value most today. 